All right, welcome to episode nine of the Small Talk Podcast. Uh, we're focusing on Grand Rapids business and uh, just generating more content for Grand Rapids Informed. Uh, today we have Garrett Ritterhouse. He is with Dale Carnegie Training and Life Tech Academy. Um, he is here to help people live a more intentional life. Um, so Garrett, what is your number one tip for living a more intentional life? Yeah, well, uh, first off, thank you so much. It's, a, it's an honor to be on the podcast here um, and focusing on living an intentional life. First off, you got to figure out what that means for you because each individual is different, right? Yeah. The focus of Dale Carnegie isn't just to teach you and say, hey, good luck with the life uh -huh. that you live. It's, all right, how can we challenge what we already know to be true as human beings and help that or help us use that to help us live out that intentional life? So actually an intentional life is, it's really different uh, from person to person. But the big thing is that you are making decisions that will help you out as you live your life and not just allowing things to happen to you and complaining about them. So really, I kind of like to view it a little bit more as having a little bit more reason to your life or purpose. And so helping people find their purpose, that's sure. a job that I want, of course, man. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot of what I do as a team leader in real estate, just helping people kind of understand what their role is and helping people yeah. and um, being a mentor to them. So uh, why, why did you actually join Dale Carnegie? Like what brought you to them? Oh, man, Mike, I, I have been a people person for as long as I can remember. Actually, in uh, in high school, my mom used to joke with me that the best class that I had in school was actually the hallways because I was somebody that would constantly walk up to people and talk to them about their day, figure out their life purpose and, and say goodbye and go to my next class. It, it's really been a part of my life uh, growing up and kind of being so intentional with people that it just... It, it pushed me into finding a company that I, I can really stand behind and love their mission and their purpose. So for me, it was more so of being a good person and focusing on being a good person. And what my dad always said was, if you're focused on being a good person, good things happen to good people. And so I, I that would, a lot. I, right. It's yeah. such a it's such a like little thing that my dad taught me. And, and I'm telling you, it's just really profound when you think about it of you can't control a lot of things that happen in your life. Like, you know, if your job lets you go or, you know, you, you have a failed relationship, there's a lot of things that happen in our lives that we need to just focus on ourselves and change ourselves. So for me, how I found Dale Carnegie, long story short, I had a, a connection with a friend in the leadership um, program. It's uh, Central Michigan. Okay. And she had overheard one of our trainers doing a training seminar in the chamber uh, in Lansing and basically just said, you got to meet my friend Garrett because yeah. what you're talking about is exactly what he's looking for. So I went through an interview and found my my purpose and, and what I really want to do for the rest of my life, which is crazy to say. Uh, 26 now, I've been doing it for three years. So since 23, I've found out what I want to do for the rest of my life, which is a really powerful thing. That is huge. I don't, I don't think a lot of people know what they want to do at 26. Um, for me, it took a lot longer than yeah. that. I think it was actually 33 before I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. <sighs> and, uh, you know, I haven't looked back, but yeah. um, it's uh, been a wild ride in, in real estate and growth and um, just learning from other people, right? That's what you got to do. That's the focus, man. So what does your day-to-day -day life look like? Like, what are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, I, I think one of the coolest things about Dale Carnegie is being a performance consultant. Um, I, I build my own schedule. I, I've been working from home even before COVID. Um, yeah. But the focus isn't on needing to make the most amount of money that yeah. I need to survive. It, it's really on how can I connect with people and meet as many people so that I give them an opportunity to take a Dale Carnegie course, to jump into Life Tech Academy and and really start to, to make that intentional life their own. Um, so for me, my day-to-day -day is setting up my schedule. I typically have coffee meetings. I love doing podcasts or, you know, different opportunities where I can speak in front of a company or a group of people. And in the evenings is when we typically do our trainings uh, with the Dale Carnegie course or any other of our courses that we have um, so throughout the day, it's very relaxed where I get a chance to talk to people. And in the evenings, it's go, go, go. We got to yeah. train these people and give them the, the life they deserve. Okay. Um, 
So you, you actually said you, you've been doing it for three years, which I mean, we're in an interesting time where we're just kind of <laughs> coming out of COVID. What, oh. what, what's changed over the last three years for you? Oh, man, I, I gotta give uh, I gotta give props to my CEO uh, Phil Zeller. Uh, he actually has his own podcast radio show as well. But when COVID hit, it was an interesting time for our organization uh, for a lot of reasons. Just like everybody had to deal with, we had to flip everything online. We did not stop because people don't stop needing help, right? Sure. Um, so we flipped everything online and out of that came a lot more skills to teach people or train people, coach people, however you want to word it, um, via online platforms. So Zoom, we like to use WebEx. Uh, we currently run a hybrid course where we have people in person as well as online that are able to take the same course at the same time and what that does is no matter if you are traveling for work, if you're sick with COVID or anything else, you have things to take care of at home, you're still able to fit this in your schedule and make it work. Um, and I think that was the, the best thing for us as a, a company coming out of, or out of um, COVID was that we made training more accessible for the people that needed it. And that's just the biggest thing that I could take away from COVID is, you know, we wanted to make sure that people didn't stop because people don't stop needing help. And why should we, you know, do the same? That's interesting you say that. Actually, um, uh, going through COVID, um, I actually had a, I, I have a real estate team and we have other people that have been on the team. And uh, we were kind of tied down. There was a, a time that we weren't able to show homes. We weren't able to um, <laughs> go out and do our jobs, but um, we didn't give up on our people that we were working with. We just called and checked in on them, seeing what we could do to help and kind of yeah. kept things moving forward. And out of that, um, you know, we became stronger, right? Like yep. we became more intentional at building relationships with the people we're working with. And um, Zoom has been a more uh, prevalent product in our our day-to-day -day business right all of our trainings are on zoom and we do all of our meetings on zoom yeah. um, but we still have people in the office so we kind of have a hybrid thing going on but yeah. it's um it's interesting what you can take away from such a challenging time right and get better um going through it i got a question for you mike so uh when you think about how COVID has changed you can even focus on the real estate industry i know you talked about sure. your team but how has that changed real estate as a whole? Um, there, there's lots of changes that have came out of it. So um, we were just talking about overlapping showings, um, allowing multiple uh -huh. people through the house at the same time. Um, we do video tours for a lot of people now, even people that um, are local or um, uh, could actually go see the house, they prefer to have a video option. And, you know, a lot of my agents are doing that for their clients. So they don't have to you know, take off a day of work or something. And we're getting better at doing that for people so they can really have a good uh, feel of what the house is like. Oh, and yeah. um, every listing we do now, we do floor plans and we do 3D tours. And I think that is beca became more of a normal thing, you know, going through COVID. It's, it's gotten better. It's better for the consumer too, I think. But yeah, yeah um, I actually found, uh, I, I just heard this talking with another real estate friend of mine that uh, people are now using virtual reality to go through houses oh, as yeah. it's been showing. And that blows my mind. Yeah. I, I love technology. I love virtual reality. And I love the the opportunities that it can create. And it sounds like you're on the right track with that, Mike. Yeah, we, we like technology here too. I think <laughs> I, there's probably four, um, I'm not going to say her name, but you know, the Amazon lady that hides behind my couch. Uh, <laughs> we have four or five of those in my office and probably 12 of them at home. Oh um, but just using technology, I mean, it's for me, I'm, I'm excited about it. I mean, as you can see, we got all these LEDs <laughs> and everything around here. So it's a great setup. Yeah, great we, setup. we just, we like it. So, um, so who is the, your ideal client? Like, who are you looking to work with? Yeah, uh, for Dale Carnegie specifically, it is very fun because any person that I see um, is a potential quote unquote client because everybody needs to grow. We've had CEOs go through our foundational course, the flagship course, Dale Carnegie, um, and they have found things out of it. Uh, I, one of my favorite examples is actually we had a, a course with a, I think it was 16 year old kid as well as an 82 year old man. Wow. And the 82 year old man, uh, 
the big focus for his entire course, the 12 weeks that he spent working on confidence, communication, leadership skills, uh, people skills, and, and managing stress and worry, he came in with the vision of being able to tell his wife, his daughter, his grandkids that he loved them. And at the very end of our 12 weeks, we have a graduation where we encourage everybody to uh, bring in the people that supported them through this experience, right? Yeah. It could be a manager, a supervisor, but for this man, it was his wife and his family. And he got up in front of the room and individually gave appreciation to his wife, to his kids, to his grandkids. And I'm telling you, there was not a, a, a dry eye in the room um, because of the powerful, the, the power in that moment, right? You look at what it takes for somebody that, has lived for 82, 81 years yeah. to finally have the confidence to appreciate the people that appreciate him and that uh, that he loves. And, and that's really what Dale Carnegie does. So there's a lot of corporate words that get thrown around, you know, confidence and and all of these, you know, really strong buzzwords. But when it comes down to it, it's it's teaching people to live the life that they want to live, that they aspire to live, whether that's through people that they look up to or things that they notice about themselves that they just want to be more efficient um, or a little bit well-versed in these areas. So any person that's walking down the street, I could talk to them and get them in a course and it would change their life. Flat out would give them the skills and the tools to effectively live the life that they want to live. And that's sure. what's so powerful about it is I can do anything as far as my sales, as far as my, you know, performance consultant role. But as long as I'm talking to people, I know I'm doing my job. And that's what's a really powerful thing in my mind of how I want to live my life and how I want to live this job. Well, that, that's really powerful that you said that. And just that, um, you know, when I think of that type of coaching, I would think that it's more of a professional thing. But it's really interesting that you say that. Um, you helped that guy. And, and that's a tough thing for me, honestly, is to have <laughs> um, the confidence to speak in front of people and to have, you know, even people that I know um, to, to share my feelings. So that's really good that you're able to help people kind of live that life. You Are know? you kidding me, man? I, so. You know, like I said, this has been my entire life. I have grown up this way from the way my parents raised me. And I found a job where I get paid to help people. Like, how awesome is that? Are yeah. you kidding me? Like, who doesn't want a job like that, that that really gives you that immediate satisfaction of, I did something to improve this person's life, or I was a stepstone in this person telling his, you know, family that he loves them. And seeing that moment and knowing that you had a, a part to play in that yeah. um, is really kind of the thing that gets you going as far as a Dale Carnegie trainer or any person that works for a training industry company. That's, that's awesome that you found your passion. So, so young in life. I, I mean, I, I got into this business, this real estate business to, to help people and to not have employees and to, um, kind of do my own thing. Yeah. And then I started building a team and actually found that it was more exciting for me to help the people that I'm working with than to actually sell real estate. Right. Yeah. So to have people that I'm helping, um, do what I do, uh, is, is more rewarding and, and it's, been a wild ride so absolutely yeah so tell me about who who is dale carnegie yeah well dale carnegie uh, is commonly known as the father of the self-help movement uh he was somebody that uh, we always like to say he had a high iq and a low eq <clears throat> so he was super highly highly intelligent growing up um but uh, since he lived on a farm and, and didn't really have much interaction uh, he didn't make friends too well. And I'll give you a quick kind of historical example of this. Uh, so he was very smart, right? He actually went to college early, <clears throat> graduated college uh, by 20. But when he went to college, he uh, was one of two commuters to his college. He got up in the morning, slopped the pigs for however many hours it took, and then walked six miles to class and sat down. Now, Mike, let me give you something real quick. If you sit down in class, you just got all showered, you're all ready, and you're going into class, getting ready to take some notes, and you have this kid who smells like pig, <laughs> who walks six miles, 
and then sits down and is a know-it-all in class and starts to answer everything as you're writing it down, are you going to want to be friends with him? Probably not. Probably yeah. not, right? So he, he went through life and he, he found all of these trials and tribulations to be centered around the one thing that everybody has the hardest time dealing with, and that is each and every one of us, people, right? Yeah. And so out of those frustrations came the Dale Carnegie course, where he started researching. And a lot of people like to look at Dale Carnegie as this major... Um, uh, Zig Ziglar, you know, these yeah. huge motivational speakers. And and really what it came down to is the first person's always the researcher. The second person can, you know, take it wherever they want, but the first person to document it was Dale Carnegie. And that's what the famous book of How to Win Friends and Influence People came out of, was documenting all of these things that everybody knows to be true, just no one took the time to write it down. So yeah. <clears throat> Dale Carnegie, we just had our 110th year convention. So we've been <clears throat> we've been training people for a long time. In uh, southwest Michigan, we've been doing this for over 50 years. Uh, we're very local as well as global. We have, uh, I believe, 90 different countries and 30 different languages that this Dale Carnegie course is being trained in. And when you think about that, what's really kind of cool is that no matter where you are in the world, no matter what language you speak, the culture that you uh, you know, grew up in the things that are in the Dale Carnegie course, the thing that are that are in um, how to win friends and influence and influence people is transferable. Everybody needs appreciation. Everybody needs uh, to remember people's names. All of these things that we teach are constant no matter where you are in the world. So if you have a company that's huge, right? Yeah. And, you know, we work with uh, Whirlpool, we work with auto owners is a really close uh, example, but Auto owners has people all over, right, and different parts of the U.S., and all of a sudden, now you have a constant of how your people are being trained, right? The same language that you're using in Michigan, same language you're using in Florida or California, and everybody's on the same page with documented, factual, practical evidence tools to work with people across all of human history. And that's what's so fun about this, Mike. I, I'm telling you, I that's found this really at 23 unexciting. years old. Are you kidding me? Like, this is this is what really it has the impact of doing. So Dale Carnegie himself uh, was a researcher. Dale Carnegie was uh, a high IQ, low EQ, very intelligent, not good with people. He flipped that to now being known for how he developed his ability to work with people. Now, that is profound, and that is powerful, in my opinion. Where did, did he grow up in the Midwest? He sounds like a Midwest guy. <laughs> no, no. He grew up uh, a little bit more in the South, uh, and he uh, eventually moved over to um, uh, New York to try to be a salesperson because okay. that's what everybody does. Oh, when, yeah, New York. You know, they, they, he graduated college uh, in order to be a teacher and then realized that at that time and era, not many male teachers were uh, being hired, slash he didn't really find a good workplace. So what he did was he went into the one thing that everybody does. If they don't know what they're going to do with their life, they go into sales. And yeah, so that's he, where we are. And that's what happened, man. So he's, he's, not, a, he's not somebody that uh, fell into this. He had to kind of build it from the ground up because there were no pathways before this. This was the first type of book um, out there that dealt with people. Um, and that's the coolest thing about it. Yeah. So what, what areas do you service? Do you, can you help anybody at all across the country? All across the country, I have the ability to help people. Um, my focus is Southwest Michigan. So okay. uh, our territory goes uh, Lansing, north of Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Benton Harbor. We really kind of section off the uh, bottom left of Michigan, if you could uh, put it that way. And uh, yeah, like I said, we've been doing this for well over 50 years. So we're, we're still chugging through COVID, through everything. We're not stopping, man. People need help. And, and that's what we do. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So um, what, is, what is the Life Tech Academy? So Life Tech Academy was something that was uh, started by <clears throat> Thomas Ackerson and Angie Zeller. Uh, okay. So they are, um, man... When you think about education and all the things that people are frustrated with uh, recently, we'll throw out uh, just, you know, recent things that people are upset about, safety, um, content that their kids are learning, any sort of things that people are upset about, this isn't necessarily new, and education isn't new in any sense. It's been the same way for years and years and years, and what Life Tech does 
the focus that I always say a school should have and what Life Tech has kind of adopted is a school should remove barriers to education and create opportunities, and that's it. Once you step out of that, that's where you start to get where it frustrates families, right? So Life Tech Academy is an online charter school. Okay. We have 18 different curriculums. Uh, we are <clears throat> embedded. Uh, obviously, Dale Carnegie is into the school as well because we look at developing the entire uh, person, the entire kid, um, so that when they graduate, they have an opportunity to not just be able to recall the information yeah. that they learned in fourth grade, but really have a fuller understanding. And once again, that intentional life at a young age. You mentioned that you had found what you really love to do at 33, right? Yeah, I wish I would have learned a little earlier. At 15 years old, imagine, learning all that stuff and being confident and being able to really have that play out in your life. So what we do is we give kids all of the opportunities that they need, all of the tools they need to succeed, right? And we provide, um, one thing actually when I got brought on to Life Tech was creating what's called an early middle college. And are you familiar with early middle college at all? Not at all. Okay, so uh, you're familiar with like dual enrollment though, right? Yes. So early middle college is just like dual enrollment <clears throat> with obviously a couple different, you know, determining uh, things to, to set it apart. But early middle college gives our kids the ability to earn an associate's degree for free by the time that they graduate high school. So our kids are not only being able to work from home, work from anywhere, we provide them a hotspot and a Chromebook, right? Removing those barriers to education. Um, they can work anywhere. They can learn any any type of thing that they need to. They're, all the platforms that we have are like project-based or linear learning or different ways that kids learn. And we are able to give them all of these things as well as an associate's degree that cuts the cost of college for these families that that need a realistic and affordable option in yeah. half. And that's what's so powerful about Life Tech is once I joined on, I realized that I've had frustrations with education in the past. Same, yeah. And all of a sudden, there's an organization, there's a school out there that is fixing everything. And it's almost not saying, hey, you know what, that's the old way, this is the new way. It's that's the old way. What would you like to be the new way, new family coming in? How would you like to build your school? Would you like to have more of a structure and meet every you know week or every you know couple of days? Would you like to have a little bit more flexibility so that you can do your work on time, on pace? And we have the ability using technology to actually make that happen. But Life Tech is the first one that I found that actually cares about these kids and develops them how they feel they want to be developed. And that's what I think that is so powerful about a school like this is it's so different than anything that I have ever experienced before in my high school. I'm sure, Mike, yeah, in your high is, school as this well. This me away. I want to enroll right now. It is amazing to me <laughs> to think about what opportunities are out there if we just take the chance and invest some time into figuring out what there is, what there is out there. And that's what I encourage people to do as you're listening to this. I know uh, we have a lot of families out there that are struggling with education. We're a free school, so we have no cost. Um, we're you know funded by the state. So our focus right now is just saying, hey, if you're having some issues in school or you're thinking about what else could be out there, yeah, check it out. Whether it's life tech or not, your focus needs to be on how you want your kids to live their life, even from a young age through school age. And this gives them an opportunity. What grades does it start at? K through 12. Really? Uh, yeah. So uh, K through 12, um, my focus in the early middle college was 9 through uh, 12, 13th, actually, because with um, the early middle college, you do have to add one extra year so that we can fit all the college classes in and everything like that. Yeah. At the same time, it is K through 12, and the focus is really on how can we service these families that need help. And, and that's really what it is. You, you see an opportunity and you're like, hey, these families are drowning. They're doing the same thing. The definition of insanity, as you probably Keep know. doing it over and over, right? Over and over and over again and expecting different results. Right. This is a different opportunity. This is something that if people take the time to sit down with me, I can explain to them how much different or how how different it is and how much better it can be. Because you as a family are the one building this. And yeah. that's what's really cool about it. Now, is it all online or is there some social like 
personal um, in-person stuff that happens? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, so the school itself is all online. We yep. do have locations. <clears throat> uh, so Life Tech is for Michigan families only. Uh, oh. We do have places in Grand Rapids, Lansing, uh, northern Michigan that we have as kind of like, like a home base, I would say. Uh, home base for families to go to, drop their kids off, join in, visit, and kind of talk through what um, they need done. They can get help from people um, immediately in person. <clears throat> they also have like field trips and, you know, classic like clubs and things like that. And the focus is really just giving the kids opportunities, right? Yeah. And saying, hey, what do you like? And if we don't have a club or we don't have a field trip, how could we make that true? How could we create that? And if it's viable, if more people want to do that, oh my gosh, of course, that's how life tech has grown and developed over years is by getting feedback from the community, getting feedback from the families and feedback from all of these different areas and, and asking yourself, is it possible? One of our, our truest, truest values in life tech is possibilism. And that's just making sure that if something is able to be done, we're going to do it. And that's why we continue to break barriers down of what people understand as education, um, you know, from years past. Sure. What is your role at life? Are you a teacher? Yeah. So I've uh, I've been um, in that early middle college uh, atmosphere for a while. Um, I ended up talking to them and saying, hey, I love what we're building here. We need somebody to go out and do some community outreach. So actually, right now is what I'm doing. I'm talking to people about life tech. I'm giving them an option. And so I would define kind of my role with life tech as somebody that is consistently talking about it in public spaces. Uh, so I've done the Grand Haven Coast Guard Festival and, and doing tabling events and things like that. But the, the main focus is just telling people that there is another option out there and that it is up to them to take initiative to find a way to, to talk with me or to talk with one of our representatives about what could be different about how they view education and what more can be done for their kids and their family. That's really interesting. I have several friends that are homeschooling their kids or doing online and um, I think that's another side product of COVID, right? Like yeah. they're like just the whole like online education became more of a reality when people were forced into it. They're like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. I can learn at home and <laughs> at my own speed or um, around the people that I want to be around. And yeah. um, it's really interesting and powerful how passionate you are about that. That's really good I, to see. I think it's just important to think about how we educate our youth. Everybody knows it. The youth are the future, right? Just, just in general. But what are we really doing to impact the lives of them so that they are living a life when they grow up that can create that cycle where they're investing down into youth and everything like that? So it's all a cycle, and it's our job now as people that are out of high school and out of college and, and really making a name for ourselves, how can we put that passion and what we have found to be successful and not successful in education and make it better for the next generation. That's all everybody's trying to do. And I, it's just my focus is in education uh, in that field. That's awesome. Now, wh where do you see the future of Life Tech? Is there going to be a, a Life Tech college or um, anything beyond high school? I would love it. I would love it if Life Tech became the norm. Um, I think that there is a lot of reasons why people still stick with the brick and mortar system of education um, and they are you know, valid in, in what they choose. I just ask that people be um, informed when they make that decision and, yeah. and really understanding of where you know, the different opportunities are. As far as the future of life tech, um, uh, right now we serve about 400 students. Okay. I would just say growing, you know, five, five, 10 years from now, uh, continually growing, building the team. We uh, have uh, over 30 people that are what we call mentors, which are basically the people that check in with your kid every week and ask, are, um, are they up on their math, on their social studies? Uh, it's basically the front line of defense for any student that is not looking to progress in a certain field, right? So growing our team staff-wise, growing our faculty, and then ultimately finding those um, what we call educational deserts where kids don't really have an opportunity to go to school. They may have to drive an hour or 45 minutes sure. just to get to their college or, or school of choice. The future is up to Angie and Tom. My vision for it is just to keep growing. I look at this as a one-size-fits-all school. 
And of course, when you say one size fits all, the goal is to fit all. So I would say my favorite thing is if every single person goes to Life Tech, but realistically, I'm looking at uh, just continuous improvement, getting more feedback from the families and making it more refined as such. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I, I think education, um, people learn differently, right? And it's really great that there's that kind of an option for people. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so where did, where did you grow up? Yeah, I, so I grew up uh, Troy. Okay. Uh, so Southeast Michigan, I uh, went to school, Auburn Hills, uh, Avondale, and quickly found a home at Central Michigan University, went yeah. through a leadership program where I found my friend that introduced me to Dale Carnegie. Right from there, uh, I went to recruiting. And because my passion, once again, was I want to help people live the life that they want to live and I'm going to find them jobs and found that that was a very quick way to meet people where I like to sit down just like we're doing now, talk to them for 30 minutes, really invest the time and have a long term relationship rather than a short term. So that switch to Dale Carnegie, like I said, happened about three years ago in the fall and um, it, it has not. It's not been uh, uh, negative. I, I don't know how to say that better, but it's been a blessing to, to work with such a great company like Dale Carnegie. Yeah, it really sounds like it. So why did you choose Central Michigan? Oh, fire up chips. Uh, they had an amazing leadership uh, program. I think they were like top three or top five when okay. I went there. And it was a very, very hard scholarship to get. Um, where I think they had a thousand plus people, two thousand plus people that are actually um, you know, uh, submitting applications to it. And I think they knocked it down to 30 or 40. And I was one of the 30 or 40. And I uh, felt like it was home base for me because of the people that I was surrounded with. One thing that has been kind of on my mind recently is the value of community. And if you are a lone wolf trying to make an impact on the world, you are a drop in the ocean. But yeah, if you focus on the people around you, and you create an environment where you're constantly pushing and growing yourself, the sky's the limit, right? That you can turn anything into anything if you have the right support. So for me, Central Michigan became a home. I found uh, friends and faculty, I found friends and just peers, and they have pushed me to becoming who I am today of refining all of that passion and, and purpose-filled talk that I had back in high school and, and middle school and everything like that in the hallways, like my mom said. but. Um, yeah, I think it's just the, the focus of building a community and, and finding people that believe in the same thing that you do. Yeah. That's, I mean, we're better together, right? Iron sharpens iron. And, um, there's so many, um, good things that come out of working together and collaboration. So, oh. um, it's, yeah, you know, that as a team leader, I mean, like do. you said, you made that transition from, oh, I really like real estate to, wow, I, I kind of like building a team and I'm sure there's lessons that you've learned along the way that, as you continue to grow and continue to have more team leaders, you're instilling in them. And that just maximizes the amount of return on investment, if you want to call it that, of your time yeah. to develop those skills in the first place because you're constantly magnifying the impact that you have on the next person and the next person. Yeah, leveraging your talents and um, getting getting more people on board with your yeah. vision and dreams and um, bringing their vision and dreams along with that and, yeah. you know, making a good collaboration. So, um, that's, that's really good. My, uh, I'm going to jump on that real quick. Cause yeah. you, you talked about leveraging your skills. Um, my CEO, Phil Zeller had shared with me a, um, an article that came out post COVID about what are people looking for, um, in their job, right? You've heard of the great resignation, right? The quiet uh, quitting that's quiet happening, quitting, right? Yep. Quiet quitting, all of these different things. And employers are like dumbfounded. What is going on? This has worked in the past. And there's a, a shift that's happened between generations and after COVID that there's three things that employers need to focus on when hiring and retaining their employees. One is that they are leveraging their skills, right? Um, think about if you're an employee and you are really good at tech, and you get put as a public speaker, right. you're not going to find fulfillment. You're not going to be excited to go to work every single day if your skills <clears throat> aren't leveraged and vice versa. Somebody that is very good talking in front of a group, put them behind the camera or uh, behind you know the, the technology, they might not feel like their skills are being utilized. So that's the first thing. The second one is just opportunity for growth. So the ability for a person to envision what is that next step, right? 
if they are an employee, is that employee going to be a manager, right? A lot of people are very content with the roles that they currently have. Um, but the people that leave are constantly looking for what is better out there, the, the greener grass, right? Of course. And the last thing, bringing it back to purpose, is does the work I do impact the world, right? Or do I have a part to play in the community that I'm impacting, right? So as a manager, if you have those three things locked down with every individual, you're fine. If you sit down with them and you recognize that they don't feel purpose or they don't see an opportunity for growth, or maybe I could be leveraging their skills better, that is a key to say, I need to change how I approach developing this person, working with this person so that I can retain them. The big focus, once again, is growing, investing your time to, to develop your team like you're talking about. You've built this team and it's fun for you. So taking that time out of your day to leverage their skills and their aspirations and their purpose to further a goal of a company. That's truly what leadership can be and what's changed after COVID and after all of these generations have grown up and gone out of the workforce and are coming into the workforce. It's really impactful. It's really cool. I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I'm having a lot of conversations with other real estate agents and other business owners and um, people want to feel appreciated and uh, want to feel like that they're making an impact on other people and that they, they matter. Right. Absolutely. That's so, um, really powerful that, that you're mentioning <laughs> that it's all my thoughts, right? Yeah, that's um, good. It means you're a good leader. Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's definitely um, a, a learn in progress kind of thing and just get better yeah. every day and um, learn from your mistakes and, um, be open to criticism and um, input from other people to yeah. do a better job, right? Constantly. So constantly. Um, and for me, I, I like to have conversations with people individually and have mm -hmm. them set their own goals and help them set reach the goals that they set for themselves. So absolutely, that's really cool. Absolutely. So, um, so are you? Um, a, have you lived in Michigan your whole life? Yep, Michigan my whole life. I uh, just purchased a house, speaking of real estate, nice. uh, in Cutlerville. Uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't throw out my address or anything like that. But um, What's your social security yeah. number? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My you know, mother's maiden name, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, just purchased a house. I've lived in it for about a month, uh, in, or sorry, not a month, uh, a year and like three months or so. Okay. Um, loving the area. I uh, feel very confident with... When I bought it, um, where the market's going right now, and the security of, I, I have a, a larger yard in a residential area, yeah. so I'll always have land, which I think is a very constant thing to be looking for in, in any economy, is just an opportunity or flexibility with real estate where yeah. I could build something on that extra lot or anything like okay, that. Okay, so yeah. you have that that kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a big thing. You know, when COVID first hit, I think there was a lot of people that were in a small space, mm -hmm. and uh, they they uh, needed to get out. They needed a little <laughs> bit. You're lock, on lockdown. Do you want to be locked down in a, you know, um, thousand-square-foot house, or do you want some property with a garden? And um, I kind of had the whole – when it all, all of it started happening, I had the whole walking dead thing in oh, my head nice. where like, where I'm going to need to have a garden. I'm going to need to fend for myself. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of funny, but I'm, I'm glad we didn't get to that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, um, you see a lot of people making bread nowadays and it's oh, like, yeah. okay, that, that, gonna that only started. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be very <laughs> self-sufficient there. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with uh, uh, Grand Rapids. I, uh, me and my longtime girlfriend, um, are talking about the future in Grand Rapids, developing relationships. I'm actually um, part of a, a networking group uh, that we started, um, Professionals of Grand Rapids. We okay. have uh, about 40 to 50 people at each event. We are out of Berkshire Hathaway, which I'm sure you're familiar with, and real estate in general. But yeah. um, we really just kind of focus on business connections. We found that a lot of networking opportunities, especially for people our age, early and you know, mid, late 20s, um, it is more of a social hour. We are movers and shakers in business. So we want to have that opportunity to sit down with somebody that is intentional about the time that they spend with you to make sure that we can have business connections. So uh, professionals at Grand Rapids, we have multiple different, um, you know, opportunities of networking. We have a uh, a gala, a soiree at uh, Frederick Meyer Garden coming really? up in January. Uh, we're looking for 100, 150 people, but 
trying to really grow that. So that would be another thing to talk I've about as well. I've not heard much about that. Yeah, we just yeah. started. We So it's been a couple of years, but the couple of years are kind of, you know, dampened through COVID because no sure. people are going to really be able to network or do anything other than on Zoom. But since we're out of COVID or more so uh, more opened up through COVID, we found a lot of people that are searching for ways to connect with other people. Yeah. And we just fit in that timeline perfectly of we're starting to ramp up as well as other people are starting to look for things to get them more connected. And that's why I would love to jump on this podcast. Like yeah, we kind of reached out about is just, I like to talk to people. I like to sit down and, and meet the different people that are in this community that I'm going to be living in with all my life. Yeah, that's really awesome. So I actually have a, a networking group also that hey. I've been doing for about five years. Heck and yeah. uh, we met this morning and um, we're building it back up. So we, we do a um, weekly breakfast meeting oh, at cool. Mr. Burger on um, Lake Michigan Drive. And uh, bef- two or three, I got to quit saying COVID. I know. We need to get past that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> about, yeah, about three years ago, I we had 15 to 20 people every week come for a breakfast. And it was always different people. And we really didn't have a real strong format that was just get to know other people in your community that even if they do the same type of work that you do um we welcomed them right and now this morning we had uh six people Mm -hmm. and um we're growing again so that's so good um so yeah it's uh i'm excited for that i'm excited to get back to it and then also to use grand rapids inform as a platform to get to know people like yourself so i'm I'm, yeah so solid I, I really like the Grand Rapids Informed uh, Facebook page, so uh, thank you for utilizing that. I, I heard something. I know we didn't want to talk about COVID anymore, but when COVID hit, a lot of people were saying the earth is healing. And now that we're two years you know, through it and everything like that, it feels like the people are healing now too, where the people are finding out the different opportunities and the way that business has changed, the way that um, individual personal lives have changed. And now people are getting more and more ready to get out and meet people and start making things happen. And that's exactly what we're doing here today. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, so if you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I love questions like that. Um, for me, legacy has been something that I've been thinking about since I was 12 years old. I have changed my definition of what I want to be remembered as year after year. And I think that the very simplistic way of putting it is he was a good guy. You know, everything that I could talk about of I want to train and develop people and, and be the person that, um, you know, people looked up to or, you know, change their life, look to that change your life. It, it really just comes down to what my dad taught me when I was a young kid of good things happen to good people. So if, if, if I am done living my life, and people look at me and say, oh, Garrett, yeah, that was a great guy. Yeah. That is the perfect legacy that I would want to live um, in my life. I, I would love to do things like podcasts, and I talk to you about a little rap career that I had. Oh, man. Starting off all these different things, poetry. I have all these different interests, but my main interest is people, and I've always had this fasc- fascination with people. So if I can be somebody that, that people look back to and think of as a positive influence in their life, AKA a good guy. That is exactly what I want for my entire life. That's super mature. I mean, <laughs> growing up, like I think I want, I wanted to be president. Right, or, yeah. yeah. Like I want to be rem- remembered yeah. for being on the moon. Like <laughs> I think, you know, as, as we get older, we realize what's really important. And yeah. I, you know, personally, I, I, have a similar aspiration, right? I want to be remembered as being a good dad, yes. um, good to my family, um, and uh, an honest real estate agent, right? Yeah. So, um, and treat people like you want to be treated. I got so, a, a funny quick story about what you wanted to be when you grow up. It. So when I was young, right, um, I really wanted to be a basketball player. And this all started with one of those online kind of quizzes things where you put it in your mom's height, you put it in your dad's height, and then it spits out how tall you're going to be when you're a kid, yeah. right? My mom is around 5'8". I'll give her 5'9". My dad is six foot seven. So oh boy. when we put in the height, my dad skewed the numbers so much that it popped out and said, Garrett, at seven years old or whatever, uh, you're going to be seven foot five when you're older, right? 
Now, okay, I'm thinking like, wow, that's great. I'm completely believing it because I'm a kid and this is the internet. Like I love the it, right? You're going to the so NBA. I go to I go to a, a basketball kind of gig, like a practice or you know game or whatever uh, scrimmage, and I walk up to the coaches all confident. And I'm going to be seven foot five when I'm older, and how awesome is that? And they're like, okay, kid, great, yeah, yeah. haha. And then my dad walks in. Six seven towering over everybody, and they're like, "Wait a second, what was that kid's name again?" That guy actually, you might have something to him. So I, I've always kind of uh, had that that like understanding of I want to be something noticeable. I want to be in front, and I want to be somebody that um, trailblazes a path for people, but not so that I can be remembered as that trail trailblazer, but I can be remembered as that person that helps the other person to develop themselves to live the life that they want to live. So I want to be a stepping stone in people's lives, not the person that rah, rah, here we go, change your life just like that. Um, and I think that's something really important too is just, you know, there's a difference between being a leader and, um, and just being a manager. So tell me about Grand Rapids. I, I obviously Beautiful. know. Yeah. But I, what, what would you say to somebody that um, – is never heard of Grand Rapids. How would you describe it? Grand Rapids is filled with uh, the most man, beautiful people. And, and I use beautiful intentionally because I found that a lot of people in Grand Rapids are very intentional with how they interact with you. If you are part of the community in Grand Rapids and you are um, a friend of a friend that is needing a business advice or, or going to buy something locally – um, you are welcomed like none other. It's almost like you've known them for years and you just happen to know somebody that they know from the past. And so that almost internal community in Grand Rapids of if you know somebody that I know, you're automatically a good person. I automatically trust you. That's not something that I found on the east side, um, specifically looking at business. Yeah. The difference is, is in Detroit. We'll, we'll take the, the hardest example of it is much more cutthroat uh, in Detroit or in a big city like that. In Grand Rapids, it's much more of almost like family business, right? The first question, and I actually got trained on this when I came over, the first question everybody asks you is, what church do you go to? Right? All right. Or, you know, what church do you go to? Or, or, you know, do you know downtown market? Have you been to all these different places? Different, And it's a much easier conversation than, all right, tell me what you need business-wise. Let's get around, right down yeah, to the brass tacks. And it's a much more friendly way of going about it. The Grand Rapids uh, culture is amazing. And that's why I say it's beautiful because I love the people that I've met out here as well as there's a lot of businesses coming here. Yeah, right? it's I, growing every day. My sure. favorite, and I tell everybody this, is house rules. House rules, if you like board games, if you like having a good time, let's just put it like that. Um, they are a board game lounge, board game brewery right across from downtown Market where you go there and you can spend hours playing these games that they have on a wall. I'm a huge game person. I, I love the idea of gamification, of making things in your life a game to make them more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, so I always take people there. I love uh, going to the warehouses that are like thrift stores. There's tons of great food that I've found around uh, Wealthy Street and around surrounding areas. But it really comes down to people. What's your uh, go-to board game then? Oh, baby. So uh, my brother uh, creates board games. Oh. Uh, he likes to think about the mechanics of a game, and I've grown up with basically like uh, just trying them out and telling him what I liked and what I didn't like. I've gone to board game conventions in Toronto to play wow. other games that people have built and kind of created. Um, the one game that I think everybody should know and have, it should be a household game, is called The Mind. The mind is a very simple game. There's cards numbered 1 through 100. The point of the game is everybody puts their cards in their hand down uh, in ascending order. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, right? Sure. In the first round, everybody gets one card. Second round, everybody gets two, three, four, and so on. So you might hit at 71 and 32, right? Those are your two cards you're holding down. Okay. And I'm sitting here with 17 and... 33, right? So the point of the game is now without talking, we have to put this down. So we have to use our mind and our telepathic abilities or whatever to basically tell each other, hey, I'm I'm really far away. Like I got a really high card or 
know what? Maybe I might be next. I might need to start to pay attention or something. It's so hard. And that's the fun part is every group, every game is different because everybody communicates differently as somebody that, you know, once again, loves people, teaches people how to communicate. It is so exciting to me when we finally figure out a way to communicate without talking and we win the game. And and to be fair, I've only won the game one time. So <laughs> it's not like you actually yeah. win. But as a, as a group, you're all trying to put down your cards in ascending order. It is awesome. It is very fun. Um, and that's coming from a guy that loves mechanics of, bo- of board games as well. <laughs> I've never heard of that game. So it's fun. I, you got to check it out. You got to check it out. It's fun. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's so board games. That's <laughs> really cool. I didn't know there was a cafe. And are, do they have like coffee or beer or anything like that? There? Uh, they get a lot of stuff from downtown market. Um, I know that uh, you are able to. Last time I went there, you're able to bring food in. Okay. Uh, so you can bring your own food. They got a great selection of Grand Rapids uh, uh, beers, um, seltzers, all that stuff. And really, what you go for is just the community. Um, I think that. I mentioned gamification before. Uh, One thing that um, is a quote that I love is that people rarely succeed unless they're having fun. And in order to make this life fun and enjoyable, you have to have little almost checkpoints or goals in your life, right? A lot of people in in business make these, I need to be this, you know, uh, tax bracket. I need to have this position. I need to have this house and this and all these little kind of games that we naturally create for ourselves there's ways to make life fun. And I think that's the point of life is to focus on how to enjoy the time that we have been blessed with here. It's a very short time in the grand yeah. scheme of things. It's crazy, it's but not. it's all we know. And that's the best part, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> what's one thing that you would want our listeners to take away from our podcast today? The biggest thing out there is that there are tons of opportunities for you to live the life that you want, whether that's an education through Life Tech Academy or through just personal progress, personal growth, professional progress, professional growth through Dale Carnegie. Um, there are ways to improve the situation that you're in. And a lot of times as human beings, we get so frustrated by the things that happen to us that we don't recognize the power that we have to change the outcome or change the result of what actually um, results in the things that are happening to us. So for me, I think the biggest thing that I would want people to understand is that there is an opportunity for you to live the life that you've always wanted. If you listen to this podcast, if you reach out, if you talk to the people that mean a lot to you and get them connected with myself, my team, we have an opportunity to change the world, but it's up to you to make that first initiation or uh, initi- take the first initiative sure. to connect with us. How, how can somebody get connected? Yeah, that's a very good, good segue great follow-up one. question there. Yeah, my, uh, my name is Garrett Ritterhouse, uh, G-A-R-R-E-T-T-R-I-T-T-E-R-H-A-U-S. My email is garrett.ritterhouse at dalecarnegie.com or G Ritterhouse at lifetechacademy.org, as well as uh, my number is 616-856-2956. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story and letting us know a little bit about, more about uh, the Dale Carnegie uh, training and the Life Tech Academy. It's really interesting and really good to get to know you. And um, thanks for sharing your story again. And um, appreciate the time you spent with me today. Absolutely, Mike. It's an honor again to be on this podcast, and you're a great guy. I'm down to do this anytime like you have. <laughs> I like it. So i um, interested in learning more about you, and I'm sure other people are. Um, so, um, And uh, for, for everyone else, uh, please make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube oh, yeah. channel. I hope uh, you've done that yourself, Garrett. And, um, <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. Always. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure. Thank you.